friends in the industry. So the transportation industry continues to see the impacts of the labor shortage as we see more and more job postings, but also less available professional drivers that we need to fill these required positions. So trucking companies are needing to become more creative to attract new professional drivers, but attracting honestly isn't enough. Trucking companies also need to focus on retaining their professional drivers, which at times can also seem like a challenge but I can assure you there is a solution. So I'm Josh Hannabury, your host here at the Truck Focus Podcast. And our mission here at the podcast is simple. We're connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. So today I'm super excited as I get to speak with three leaders that specialize in improving organizations' cultures to ultimately increase their recruiting practices and retention rates with a focus on mental wellness within an organization and the professionals working within. So today, first off, we have Dana coming back, the owner of The Mindful Trucker, which is great. So welcome back, my friend, as well as we have Stephanie and Marin, founders and hosts of the Soulful Leader podcast. This is part one of three of our series. And today we really focus on shifting the focus in transportation. So I encourage you to learn more about The Mindful Trucker by visiting themindfultrucker.com and listening to the Soulful Leader podcast by visiting the soulfulleaderpodcast.com. I've included both links in the show notes so you can simply click them and check it out. I look forward to the impact this conversation is going to have. Let's get to it. All right, so I'm super excited for a conversation today on the Truck Focus podcast as I have three incredible guests joining me on the podcast. And I won't lie, this is actually the first time there's been four collective people that have a very similar mission, which I think is really empowering because I think our industry, as in the transportation logistics industry, one of the best components of that is there's so many people in our industry, literally millions of people. And when you have four people in a virtual room, obviously through Zoom, able to really provide value in a conversation, I think that's really exciting. So from a listening perspective, I'm jealous that you get to listen to the conversation first, but I'm also excited to be in the conversation. So I have my good buddy, Dana, the owner of the Mindful Trucker, uh, the trucker here, um, which again, it's just great to have Dana back. Um, he's been a huge influence in the industry and on my own journey, which I'm super grateful for. But I also have the Soulful Leaders podcast, the hosts. So we have Stephanie and Marin. And I'm really excited for our conversation today as we talk about the Mindful Trucker, of course, but we also talk about the Soulful Leader podcast and how they're collectively working together to help professionals in regards to their mental wellness, but also driver recruiting and retainment, which I think are some really hot topics in our industry right now. So I'm just super excited. So welcome, everyone. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you, Josh, again. Appreciate absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I am really excited. And uh, I can tell I'm excited because I'll just ramble and I just run with it. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I dabbed off camera, well, off recording, I should say. And I'm just, yeah, I'm excited. So Dana, to start us off, why don't you kind of give us a recap of who you are, but also the mindful trucker and the mission that you're on? Yeah, uh, basically, Josh, uh, you know, I've been in the trucking industry for about 32 years now. And various roles as a driver, trainer, and as a company owner. And, uh, you know, over the last three years, the Mindful Trucker was created. Uh, it's a resource training platform for companies and drivers. Uh, it focuses mainly on health, safety, wellness, and driver solutions uh, in transportation logistics, um, built basically on strategic partnerships um, with industry experts, such as the two lovely ladies we have today. So uh, the mission. 
is basically uh, to uh, promote, you know, uh, growth, respect, value in those four pillars uh, in overall for better driver company relations. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And our missions are very aligned, which I think this is our listeners continue to hear more of Dana, the ventures that you're on and the impacts that you're having. I really admire that. I like that we can talk coast to coast. And yeah. I think just through my own journey, being able to reflect on okay, who's had a real big impact, just in my own confidence and my own belief in what I'm doing and what we're doing, you've been a huge part of that, which I really admire and I appreciate. So it's nice to see this again, progression from your side, knowing that your heart's in the right place. So again, welcome, buddy. This is good. Ditto to you too. Appreciate that. So Stephanie, on to you. I've heard some wonderful things over the last handful of months um, from Dana. And I was hoping that you could share a little bit about yourself, your backstory, but also how did you collectively, I know, and Marin, you're next, but come up with the Soulful Leader podcast. Oh, thanks, Josh. It's been uh, it's been quite the journey, really. I feel it's it's something that is calling me actually. It's not something that I'm creating from my thought mind place. It's something that's coming from within that's being, you know, calling me forward. But this is my 30th year of being a therapist. And it's it's essentially what even led me into becoming a therapist was just chronic pain and frustration and not just the physical chronic pain, but just that there was something missing in my heart and my soul that I just couldn't seem to tangibly connect around. And after being a, a chronic pain therapist, I noticed that so many of my clients were struggling and it wasn't so much the physical pain, but I would say, you know, what have you been doing? You know, that's causing the, that because we couldn't think of the doing uh, that's causing the chronic pain. And it's like, well, you know, I've been doing this kind of job over and over again, but I'm really not fulfilled. I'm really not happy. And it took me just a very short period of time to realize that it isn't a physical thing that's making us unhappy. A lot of times there's an underpinnings of emotional, mental, or even spiritual when we feel that there's just not the satisfaction or the happiness, the value, the joy, the meaning, and the purpose. And so when I started to delve deeper into that, it started to release people's physical pain as well as their mental and emotional pain. And that was kind of on my journey. And I met Marin about... I gosh, it's well over 20 years ago now, <laughs> but I met her at a time when I was taking um, some training on that mental, emotional, spiritual underpinnings of uh, a course called uh, The Way of the Heart and, and Life Mission, which is one of our teachers named Daniel Goodenough, who helps us remember our reason for being. And I met Marin at this workshop and she actually changed my life on how I was seeing the world and different things. And she's got this great story that she'll, she'll unveil as well. But it's amazing how when people can come into your life, how just one conversation can shift the direction. And so that was that was many, you know, a couple decades ago, and we reconnected here probably a, um, a decade ago, again, almost almost a decade ago, after not seeing each other for 10 years and kind of having that that space of, whoa, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? And realizing that we had been on a very similar path of wanting to make a change in, in not only in the outer world, but ultimately in our own inner world and finding that um that sustenance, that that realization of we're here for more than just ourselves, and how do we take care of ourselves as we also help others in that that evolution? And what are we being called to not only do in this world, but also what are we being called to become? And so that 
started a conversation, which then next thing led to another thing. And here we are doing the Soulful Leader podcast. And we have this beautiful intention of not um, not separating and dividing things, but how do we come together collectively? I love that we're there's four of us on here, you know, three different, three different so-called businesses, but yet we're all in line with the same intention of helping to make the world a better place and and being service. And I really truly believe that it's collaboration is a new way of of being. And that's where kind of we've been going and we've been working with the soulful leader. So I might even have Marin kind of pick it up from here because she's got such a great piece of this whole puzzle as well. <laughs> yeah, please. And that's amazing. And welcome. Wow. That's Thank a phenomenal, you. phenomenal journey. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, I'm excited to be here too. And Stephanie has said uh, four different businesses, and really we've got almost four different industries because my background is ballroom dancing. And that seems like a very odd place that it's like, where does that piece fit into all of this? And before I actually got into ballroom, um, and this is when Stephanie and I had met originally, I was a gardener and I owned a seed company. And one of the things that's a commonality between gardening and ballroom dancing is the connection between all things. And we don't necessarily think about that. We we do, if we see it in our gardens, like everything connects through the soil and the air and the water and all of that. We see that in, in our natural world. And then what I realized over 25 years of ballroom dancing was that in order to dance well with another human being, you have to be in tune with them, which means you have to get to the point where you can surrender. And we have this, this uh, misunderstanding of surrender, and we think that it equals weakness. We think that it's it's not something that we should be doing in our world, right? It's in war, when you surrender, you're the loser. Or, you know, it's like surrender when we play capture the flag and I surrender. That means that you give up. And in dancing, the beauty that I found was that in surrendering to that moment, now I was able to connect with another human being in a way that we could create something together that neither of us could create separately. As I grew and I became the owner of a studio and started businesses, I have multiple businesses and, and became a leader. That's one of the things that I found in working with my teams is the old way of leadership being top down. You do what I say. And that there's a new way of leadership. And I really see it evolving all around the planet. And it comes from within of that the, the leaders are in service to the other people. And it all goes back. It all ties in with my dancing career and with the gardening that I started with. And that's where Stephanie and I came back together during the pandemic is when we actually decided to start the Soulful Leader podcast. And we felt we both felt so strongly that leaders... First of all, the the definition of leadership, we, we tend to put it out there of like other people are leaders. And yet every single one of us is a leader in our own way. And so we are addressing that. And then the other piece of that is that if we all do take that ownership on of saying, yes, I am a leader, I, I, I do influence somebody, then I have an opportunity to look inside and see 
how I can do that better and how I can be a better leader and how I can bring more and be in more in service to the planet. So that's, that's kind of our background. We kind of blended the two, but. <laughs> Powerful. Yeah. And you both spoke on something. So when I think of like the mission that I always use the word collective because I don't like I, I, I think too, there's so much entitlement in I, when I'm like, no, it's we, because then you can deflect attention positive to others. Negative. I try and say, oh, something wasn't very good. Okay. I'll take ownership of that. But everything else is a deflection of, but when you think of like my slogan, I introduce industry leaders to industry more often than not people think of a title. And I'm like, no, it's not about the title. It's about the person. And what can that person teach someone else to better our industry? So when you're talking about that, I think that's really cool. And another thing, and Dana, Dana and I have spoken on this quite a bit, is I like the thought of let's lead with empathy over tyranny. And mm. the whip cracking leader is no longer the way. And you see that it's industry specific. And obviously, global economies have multiple, multiple industries. Being in the transportation, logistics, warehousing, that atmosphere, it was very common. Well, it still is. And that's what we're trying to change, where I will yell at you and belittle you to do what you need to do. Instead of saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to come where you are. I'm going to see what you're up against and how can we do this together and actually understanding. So I think the direction that you guys are on from the soulful leader side, from the chronic pain side, from an entrepreneur side, even the gardening side is I'm actually in the process of learning a little bit more about plants right now. It's really cool to see the, the similarities and I think that's just the human element. So I'm just, yeah, I'm really grateful that you're both here. And obviously Dana with just, yeah, we're all viewing industry as people and industries and just creating impacts through business, obviously. But yeah, I think that's really exciting. So welcome. Hey, Josh here. Just another quick interruption of our conversation as I really want to encourage you to check out the Soulful Leader Podcast. So you can do so by visiting the soulfulleaderpodcast.com. I've included the link in the show notes. That way you can simply click it and go there directly. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I think Marin and Josh, you 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 uh, need to talk later on about <laughs> the plant business because Josh is in the, just getting into plant business too. So uh, yeah, yeah, the that is crazy timing. So once you said gardening and seeds, my uh, I don't want to take too much away from our conversation, but yeah, my wife and I just acquired a, a plant business here in Calgary, Alberta. So we're my wife is really big into she started kind of as a quote unquote green thumb. She's good at making plants stay alive. But then I really noticed that she really has thrived in the culture of plants. And we, we were on a section in our bank meeting and our bank, um, I forget her, uh, her official title advisor. She was talking about how plants helped her grieve the passing of a loved one. And then you can have other people saying that plants really made it the home. So as I'm learning more about, yeah, the like, the actual impact of plants and growth and like care. I'm like, never would have thought of that. <laughs> so it's really cool. Think, it's fun. <laughs> we think that plants are not sentient. And the more, the more science actually is showing us 
that there is sentience there and there's sentience in all beings and all entities. And yet in plants, there's a phenomenal book called Finding the Mother Tree, which you might love. And it uh, it talks about how they communicate with each other, all the trees and all the plants, and they help each other. They let each other know when danger is coming. And there's a full on wood wide web is what somebody called it when they told me about it. And I don't know if that's something, but it's called, it's like, instead of the World Wide web, there's a full on communication system going on there. So, yeah. Wow. And nature has so much to teach us about how to be in relationship, doesn't it? And I, I think of like everything that we need to understand about ourselves, we can always find an answer in nature on, on any obstacle or difficulty. If we can see how something in nature deals with it, it's always loving, it's always kind, and it's always looking at the big picture. Even the word uh, coming back to wellness again is that in the collaboration that, you know, if you take the word wellness, it begins with we. That's what wellness is. If you take illness, it begins with I. And so that separation and disconnection and not thinking that you're part of something bigger is so detrimental to our illness. You know, it it feeds it. Whereas when we can come together and lift ourselves up and embark on a part of surrender and vulnerability and allowing and being okay with not knowing and and having a, a group of individuals come together and say, well, where do we want to go? How do we want to do this together? We open up our hearts and our possibilities to each other's gifts and strengths. And that is far more fruitful, far more abundant than trying to figure it out all by ourselves. I've never heard that before. So wellness is the we, illness is the I. I made a note on that. I make a lot of notes because then I can refer back. And that was really powerful. And the uh, I like the word surrender too, because I think both of you mentioned it when maybe part of it is obviously I'm speaking on behalf of a guy, but I'm like, I was quote unquote raised to be dominant, to be authoritative, to be all of these things. And sometimes it's not to show weakness and surrender is a total slash to all of that. And I think when we navigate again in our industry and in transportation, there's a lot of that type of mindset that exists. And part of it's ingrained through culture. And Dana, you can speak on this way more than I can, but how many professional drivers out there that, oh, don't tell me what to do. I can do this, which isn't a jab to them. It's just the culture. And you obviously have that from operations. But I think, yeah, as we take on these mindsets and just look at things differently, and when you look at the, okay, what could be if we did it a little differently and we remove that, we've always done it this way, quote, I think, yeah, we're the space that you guys are living and thriving in, I think is really powerful for our industry. And again, I'm just, I'm touched. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really that's, cool. That's, uh, you know, one of the big reasons why, you know, the Mind Trucker decided to partner with Soulful Leader Podcast because of all of these reasons, right? I mean, it is ingrained into this industry um, where it's, I'm going to manage you. You're going to do what I say, what, which is what Marin had said earlier, um, there's, it's very, um, rare to see someone come in and say, Hey, what do you need to get the job done? How can I help you? Let's uplift you. Let's, let's do this together. That's rare in the industry. It really, really is. You know, the drivers, a lot of times they feel that they're just being pushed down and suppressed all the time. Here's the technology. Here's the equipment. Here's what you are supposed to do. Go do it. If you mess up, you're in big trouble. And that's what happens. So, you know, with Mary and Stephanie in the Soulful Leader podcast, I felt this is a complete shift of what, what I just said. 
It's it's totally the opposite. Now let's get this into the companies and say, hey, there's a whole new way of doing business here in this industry. Not this way. We're going to try try this way this time. See what happens. Yeah. So that's you know that's why the partnership developed, right? There's huge potential there, and, and Marin and, and Stephanie are experts on this. You know, they can bring bring so much to these companies and show them that there is a different way to do it. And it's a way that empowers instead of disempowering, right? Yeah. That that old way. And it was thought that it was, you know, there there was a time where it worked, I suppose, um, maybe because there was nothing better. And we are always evolving as people, as a species. And if we don't evolve our companies along with it and our ways of doing things and our assumptions about, well, this is the way it's always been done. So let's keep doing it that way. Then we end up in a lot of trouble. Um I was told a story at one point about, uh, you know, this woman who was making a roast and she would cut the ends off of her roast. And then her daughter learned to cut the ends off of her roast. And finally, the granddaughter, she's like, why the heck are we cutting the ends off the roast? And she went, I don't know. Let's ask grandma. And grandma said, oh, because it wouldn't fit into the darn pan. So it's like, well, it's 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 just the way we always do things. Well, maybe there was a reason how many generations ago, and it doesn't suit us anymore. Yes. And when we look at the people, the the millennials that are coming up, they don't want to be treated like we we allowed ourselves to be treated. So, and we don't want to be treated like that anymore either. Yes. And there is a new way. There is a better way. Yeah. Uh, values are changing of what used to be like, go get a job, make lots of money, retire, do those kind of things. You're seeing people working far longer in their careers than ever. You're also seeing people, like I've said, with clients that I've had who worked 30 years in a profession and hated every day of it. And the younger generation and, and we're all starting to wake up going, wait a minute, is this it? Is this really how I want to live my life? Is this what life's really about? I'm, I'm hope that there's more. And when I look at how I how I offer with the body, it's not about me trying to force the body to do something when I'm trying to get it to release pain. It's about meeting it. And how often have we ever been forced? When we are forced to do something, we always push back. It's like, don't make me do that. I don't want to do that. It's the way of which we come into relationship that is either going to be successful or, or not, right? So it's like finding each individual's natural way and meeting that in the way to lift each other up rather than trying to suppress or push down. We fight. We just make ourselves exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Benji. Yeah, it does. And so to Marin, to your point, I think the more, the more our societies become aware of what's possible, I think there is less of a need to back to the pan story. Cause I love mm-hmm. that analogy. So if, like, well, we were talking to a guy earlier this morning and there was no cell phones back then. There was no Google Maps. There was nothing. So you did what you were told because someone else has been there before you. And I think just that was the style of leadership is I know better. So do what I'm telling you to do. Mm. We don't live in that type of a world anymore. We don't live in that type of industry anymore. And I'm a millennial and I have friends that are Gen Z's that are sometimes I feel hypersensitive. Like I'm really sensitive to tone. Like I'm really defensive on how someone talks to me because I'm like talking like I'm a human. Like if I don't know, teach me. And I find Gen Z's are even more so where we're, we have so much access now. We don't need a whip. 
we need someone to say, okay, I see what you're up against, which is why I really value the collective effort that you guys are doing because it's like, no, 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 let's change the game because then people actually think of, they actually care about me as a person. I'm going to stay here because I think there's, when we're thinking recruitment and retention, a lot of times, and I don't want to jump too far ahead in the conversation. I think this ties in. Most often I see the first thing that they talk about is pay. And I think pay is part of it, but I think recognition and empathy and support is a much greater component because then that person, if that person feels strung out, but they got a good paycheck, but they're, they have to find relievement in something, they have to find pleasure in something, they're probably not going to be as mindful with their money, just speaking from experience, than when I'm in an environment where I'm like, man, I hear a good job three times a day because I'm trying and I'm failing forward. This is good. So I think there's a lot there. And again, I don't want to jump too far ahead into the reten- or retention and recruitment side of our conversation, but before we go too much further, where do people go to listen to the Soulful Leader podcast? I wanted to make sure our listeners know that. So they can uh, jump on to our website called the soulfulleaderpodcast.com. They can also find us on any of the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, good. Perfect. And yeah, I like to include that as soon as the introduction or in, in our episode as I can, but also I include it in the link because again, there's so much value there. And I was listening, I have it open here, but it's the living from the future conversation. And that gave me, a, again, coming into our conversation, I was like, okay, I need to know something about who I'm going to speak to. And that gave me such a clear understanding, not of your backstories, but I, I could really tell your mindsets and your values just based off of the conversation. And I thought that was really important because I like focusing on the who, and then we can get to the what. So, okay, thanks. So yeah, make sure that they do that. From a mission standpoint, I like talking about mission. I like talking about direction. And I can tell you, both of you are on a mission. So Stephanie and Marin, what would you say is the mission of the Soulful Leader podcast? Well, our mission is really helping people see things differently. So creating a new paradigm for leadership that allows them to lead from what's coming from the future rather than what's coming from the past. It's not that say that, you know, our past is invaluable. I think we can really learn a lot from our past, but we need to make space to also see what's coming in the future because it, it, if you're driving in your vehicle and all you're doing is looking in your rear view mirror, your side view mirrors, and you're moving forward, you're going to crash you have to also be looking forward as well. So it's like, how do you create space? How do you create a new paradigm, a way of being and thinking in relationship to allow that to come in? And that is about surrender. That is about trusting the unknown and then having the skills of self-esteem, self-worth, trust, self-mastery to be able to collectively take that information, you know, digest it, and then to be able to to make a new way of being. And that's going to be stepping outside of our comfort zone. Because I always say, you know, fear is, is fear comes up. I have an acronym for fear. It's called false evidence appearing real. So it's not always true. It's just that you're in a place that you've never been before. So looking and listening and feeling the stories that you're telling yourself about it are probably need to be cleared out. But really, you know, our mission is to change the way business does business and the way we lead not only each other, but also ourselves and to do it from a more compassionate, loving place and a more collectively united place. Thanks. So powerful. Oh, I love that mission. That is so needed. And I know we're obviously in a transportation conversation, but that's needed everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. So that's really exciting. Okay. So from a business services standpoint, then is Again, Stephanie, if you want to keep running with it, 
um, where, or not where, sorry, but what would be the like call to action? Like if it's a family business that really wanted to start working together, is it we get on the phone, we start going through some processes or what does that look like? Well, you know, one of the things that I, I love to hear from other businesses of like, you know, what's working or what what isn't working. I think we're, there's a lot of shame. We talk a lot about that in our soulful leader of like, how do we change the shame, like transform it? Because shame is what disconnects us and it what keeps us separate. And it also stops us from asking for help. And there's a there's a huge leadership shame thinking that I should just know it all. I should have it all. I should have it all figured out. And if anybody knows that I am not capable or have of having the answer, oh, you know, I'm not safe. I'm in jeopardy. When again, this is the shift in paradigm. Actually, the best leaders are the ones that can really acknowledge and say, you know, I want, I want to do better. I want to do better for my company. I want to do better for myself, for the people that are working, and for the outcomes. And I don't know everything. And that leadership is coming from within saying, I would love to have some help. So it's not saying that, you know, you could have an amazing company, absolutely, and, and you can take it even, even to another level. So looking at culture is a big part. And I'm not talking about, you know, religion and that kind of culture. I'm talking about the, the culture of positivity, of value, of how we value ourselves and each other. Do we even understand the value of the human potential you have on your team? Most of us don't. We haven't got a clue what's going on beyond the skill set that someone has given in a resume. It's like there's so much going on in a person's heart and soul. And when we can start to uncover that, companies are like literally standing on a gold mine. They have no idea. And when we start to recognize our own gold from within and the gold that we are working with in others, then it, it no longer becomes work. It becomes like what you said, Josh. It's like when someone says, hey, great job wonderful thing. It's like you, you don't feel like it's work. It feels like it's a natural, a natural flow. And I really truly believe our, our working environments are going to be shifting from, you know, a place of going to work and coming home and then doing something else that you really want to do. It's like, I think they're going to start to emerge that you are doing what you love to do with the people you love and the way that you love to do it in the way that the world most needs it done. That is the synthesis of this new work paradigm that we're moving into and it's unprecedented. No one's done it really before. Well, not no one, but that very few are actually are actually doing it. And I would say, imagine if if all companies, if all beings everywhere were doing what they love to do in the way they love to do it with people they love most in the way that the world most needs it done. We would not be in situations that we have, and there would be a lot more ease and joy and prosperity for everyone. Oh, that's so good. You're so right. And <laughs> sorry, I'm totally trying not to control the conversation, but you're just feeding me. So I, I'm running with it. So Dan, interject any time. But so a couple of things that you said. So first, I was reading a, uh, I try and be very mindful of what I read. And it was talking about like leadership change. And they used a quote that's normally in a different setting, but it said, don't let your past decisions and mistakes be a life sentence. So mm-hmm. Just because you've done it that way, just because you've led that way, doesn't mean you can't change. So I think that's really important. So I'm really glad you went there. But then ah, when you were talking about just feeling fulfillment in your career, you're right. I think that is going to be, so we just went through, I don't know if Canada publicizes as much as down in the South and the States, but the great resignation. And I think a lot of that was because people started to realize when you're at home through this whole pandemic situation, you had a lot of time to think. And if you're aware that you're thinking or not, 
it's different. But if you don't have that 45-minute commute in the morning, you don't have that 45-minute commute at home, you're doing something else. You have an opportunity to think about something other than traffic. And if you listen to the radio, which I don't always recommend, you have time just to process. And I think people started really realizing fulfillment matters. And your life has value. Your life has meaning. And it can't just be you check in the clock, you check that at the end of the day and you go home. And I remember when I was studying on how do you shift culture? And I read a study on video games that I thought was interesting. And then there was a web developer one that I thought was interesting where the video game component was there's a lot of, again, speaking from a man's perspective, a a dad and a husband, there's a lot of men that are addicted to video games. And the report went on to say, or this wasn't so much a report, but this article went on to say the reason why they believe through their study that a lot of men are addicted to video games is if you look at a typical man's life, they wake up early, they're tired, they eat a mediocre breakfast, they go to a job they probably don't like because they know they have bills to pay. They go home, they have a dinner. Are the kids engaged with them? Maybe. Is it a really good conversation with the wife? Maybe. Seven o'clock at night hits, they log on to say the Xbox or their PlayStation and they start playing a video game. And the first thing they hear is, hey, so-and-so, great to have you back because it's live. Hey, great headshot. Hey, good this. Hey, good that. They start getting validation through something they don't get the other 12 hours of their day. So what do you think they're going to become addicted to? Something they're getting validation on. So I think as we shift our corporate culture and our small business culture to say, no, 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 no. I don't want someone to dread being here to sit on a couch to love playing a video game because they're getting out of data boys. Let's shift that culture in here where we can actually see, hmm, you're really good at this, but I wonder if you're going to be really good at this. And then you compliment them and you groom them and you coach them. That's where retention lies. And I like the fact that just again, knowing what I know about Dana and I want to get to how you guys are working together, I can see that the impacts of that, but I can also see the fact that no one else is really doing that, especially at scale, because it's different. And sure, there's a cost to it. And it's hard to explain ROI with culture until you start thinking about recruitment and retention and training costs. So again, sorry, I just get so excited that I just, <laughs> I just run with it, but I don't want to control too much of the conversation. And Dan, I see you pop up. So I'll give you the floor, but I just, yeah, I'm really jacked. <laughs> this is good. So I, uh, when you were talking about the great, resignation. We also have had that here in the States. And one of the things that Stephanie and I have talked about is that we're actually flipping that on its head and we're calling it the great reignition because of all the things you just said, because people are starting to become aware. They don't yet know what to do with that awareness. And that's where Stephanie and I come in because we have tools, we have practices, we have things that we can come in and work with. We've worked with governments, we've worked with corporations, we've worked with individuals and the tools, that's what they don't have. They don't know. One of the things that Stephanie said is they don't know they're sitting on a gold mine. They think that, okay, we need to get rid of this crop of people or do this or change these people. And they don't understand that it's the the people they have is not the problem. It's how they're working with them. It's the fact that they haven't unearthed that goal mine. And those are the processes that we come in and we help them to understand. And so when you talk about retention, and I know that that is a problem in your industry. I think it's a problem in a lot of industries. We just talked about it, the great resignation, right? Mm-hmm. What does it take in order to keep somebody on board? And I think that Part of it is what you were talking about as far as the recognition 
And I think that a lot, another huge part of it is knowing we don't yet look at or train people to know what they're good at and do what they're good at. Our education system is still based on, uh, wow, you're good at that. Don't pay any attention to it. Now you're not good at that. And I want you to spend all of your energy and go study and do this and da, da, da. And there's a Nelson study out there from, gosh, I think it's from like the 1960s or 1980s. It's a long time ago where they they proved that, okay, if you take a group of people and you have them focus on what they don't do well, they can get to be average at it. And if you take a group of people and you have a focus on, hey, you do this well already, let's focus your attention, your energy, they become exceptional at it. And when I looked at that for myself, when I first heard that, I was like, holy crap, I don't want to be average at something. Who wants to be? Yes, I want to put all my work into something to be average at it. Who wants to do that? (laughs) And so shifting our, our mindset, our education system, and we do work with a group that's working on shifting the entire education system on like let's get kids from when they're very young and start them on, you're good at this. Great. Let's pull all your, you're not good at that. Great. You know what? Copy off of that person. Cause that person's really good at it. Yeah. And I love that because in my day and age, copying was like, are you kidding me? No shame on Feeling, you. Bad, bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cheating. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. yeah, I love the stuff that you shared with us. Thanks, Josh. And uh, when you look at the, you know, return on investment, when you have employees, workers, collaborations, you know, individuals who are in the flow, we like to call it flow. So if you think of it like a river that's moving and going in the direction of the river, it's a heck of a lot easier. You waste no time, no energy. You actually have, you're given energy and profitability is going to come naturally. It's going to come easier without the pushing against the flow. And in Chinese medicine, which is something that I also practice, when flow is not happening in your body, when chi and blood and energy isn't moving well in your body, you are going to have pain. And that pain may be physical pain, but it also might be financial pain. It might be emotional pain. And this is very true with businesses as well. So we're looking at the health and the well-being of a business, but not from so much the outer aspect. It's more from the internal sense. How are, how are you with yourself? How are you leading yourself? How, how are the individuals? Are, do you know their gifts and strengths? And are you actually leveraging them in a way that is going to bring them value and appreciation, which is going to overwhelm, like overlook flow into the company's bottom line? Hey, Josh here. Just a quick interruption of our conversation is I really want to encourage you to learn more about The Mindful Trucker by visiting themindfultrucker.com to see how they can be of service to you. I've included the link directly in the show notes for you to check out. Let's get back to the episode. So is that my one of my questions I really wanted to ask was from a collective effort between The Mindful Trucker and the Soulful Leader podcast is that the overarching goal is to work together in that space, which then helps the wellness of people, which then helps the culture of the company, which then I love the flow. I When I first became educated on that term, I was like, oh yeah, so good. That's part of it. And then you're able to use the same tools. You're hiring the right people, but then you're retaining yeah. the right people. Is that, Dana, do you want to kind of talk on that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's something that you and I have talked about a little bit. Um, I don't want to get too much into it uh, as 
uh, you want to let the people know that this is part one of a three-part series. And part two, we'll be talking a lot more about that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's about gifts and strengths uh, in people and, and uplifting people, right? Um, you know, it's funny you talk about that. And uh, I know when I was driving um, and had uh, come in contact with Stephanie, uh, she, she did that very thing on me. And started asking me all these questions and gave me a test. And I was like, what is all this for? I don't understand. I'm just angry all the time, right? <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so I did it. I, I agreed to it uh, with reluctancy, but uh, I did. And, you know, being a man and everything, I was just like, no, 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 I go in there. But anyway, she coaxed it out of me and I went there. And my God, when I saw what what was possible for me. I was like, Oh my God, I never saw it before. You know, I didn't know what in the heck I was good at. I had no idea. I just knew that I drove truck every day and I was freaking good at that. Right. You know, I could back up with my eyes closed kind of thing. Not that I would do that. But um, when I saw, Oh, I'm, I'm actually good at other things. Wow. But it's true. What, they, what Stephanie Marinbo said about school, Right. If, if you if you you're getting a 50 on average in a math class there oh you need to stay after school and you need to study your math because you're not doing very good in that you know and and where's the last place you want to be in that math class studying right no I want to do something that I love and I'm passionate about I wrote a, I just wrote a magazine article um, that's going to be coming out in the Auto Trucking Atlantic magazine here uh, I think on the next issue it's called The Way and the Why of Trucking well the way is the old paradigm the why is the new one you see so I put that together in an article and I actually suggested that to Stephanie uh, but uh, Mirren and Stephanie should do a podcast on that um, which is kind of what we're talking about now but uh it just talks about the difference in those two ways, you know, the old way, like I said, is so prominent in the trucking industry. You know, I mean, you look at the drivers, for instance, the recruiting, how much money do, do companies spend on driver recruiting? Like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they don't even, a lot of times they don't even know what they're looking for. You know, right here, you have two people that can show you. You have four people right here that can show you. What is it you're looking for? Find that out first. Because if you're just throwing ads out there all the time and looking for whoever's going to grab onto it, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money. Right? Yeah. So to me, this is a new way of doing it. It's flipping it on, it on its head and saying, look, no, close that book. Let's open this new book and say, hey, let's let's try this approach. Yeah. There's a tendency to say too, like, you know, if you are doing something and it's not fun, it's not enjoyable to you, it's not the right thing. It's right. not the right thing. When you're talking about, like, you know, when you and I first met and I was, you know, encouraging you to take this thing, I was like, I was getting to know you to what is it that that you love? What is it that your gifts and strengths are so that I can relate in a way rather than me talking like I'm from another planet? You know, we need connection. We need connection and and difficulties and challenges don't have to come, you know, against each other. This could be an opportunity to actually come closer to understand and to create a whole new way of, of being and doing in the world that hasn't been seen before. So there's always opportunities if we look for those or we can look at the struggles and be emotionally exhausted all the time. So it's really our choice, isn't it? Yes. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think now your timing is so good because I think now our industry, part of it is a, if we look at the geographic of age, if we look at the geographic of job postings, and if you look at the newer generations that are coming into our industry, I think your timing of helping companies that will actually a hire who they need to hire, but also retain who they need to retain will be really, really well received. And there, I could see from all, all perspectives where if I was still wanting to drive as a profession, I could see the value of it. I have a lot of friends that have driven longer and basically I've been alive. My father-in-law, he's been literally a professional driver longer than all of his kids have been alive. I can see the value from him and knowing enough carriers and different industry or different suppliers in industry. I can see the value there too, because then you're collectively working together. So I think your timing is really key. And Dana, thank you for mentioning this because I was going to add it at the end. This is part one of part three, which I'm super excited for because of the fact that as you can see, this conversation gets me as a person really excited. And I love seeing other people's areas of expertise shine. And I think that we've seen that so far. So I'm just, I'm really grateful for that. So before we um, come to a close today, because I know, like I said, there's going to be more, there's going to, there's a lot more that we could talk about. I have a couple of questions that I like asking. I call my staple questions. Um, and I think collectively we would all see them similar, but a little different because we're different people. So Stephanie, if if it's okay, I'll start with you. Are you, so I use the word legacy. I'll start here. So I use the word legacy all the time and not as a morbid when you're gone, what you'll be remembered for, what they'll say at your funeral. I don't really think of it that way. I think of it more as you enter a room, you have an interaction with a human being, you leave. How did you leave that room? How did you leave that person? And when you have that focus, which I think you have, just my perception of yourself, you, you live very intentionally. And so part of my question is, do you think about the impact that you're having with your legacy, but do you think also of the trickle effect that your impact is having? So if you better Dana, and now look at how many, really millions of people Dana is now positively impacting. Are you really aware of that when you're having conversations, working with clients and stuff, or is that a gift or what's your thoughts on that? Yes, actually, there's a question that I ask myself that keeps me on path. And helps me to forget the I <laughs> and look at more of the we is that who will I be at the end of my life? Like there's, I remember reading somewhere a mystical path or said, you know, when you leave this, this earthly life kind of thing, there's one person that you will meet and that's the person that you were meant to become. And I think about that all the time. It's like, do I, will I love my life and who I am at the end of my life? Will have I done and become who I've meant to become? And it's not so much like a to-do list, but it's more of like, did I uncover? Did I love myself? Like not just self-care. I, I, I think that's my big thing that I like. It's like, it's not just about practices and things of like bubble baths and going to movies and eating good food. Those are great too. Having a massage, those are great things too. But did I like who I, who I was? Did I like who I became? And is there a way that I, as I start to unfold that, I want to empower others to find what is true and good and beautiful about them too, and to shine their light. That's, that's kind of my own personal mission is like, I've got to start with myself first. That's the only person I can change is me. And I'm, I'm worth loving. I'm worth taking and keep working with that so that at the end of my life, I can say, yeah, I'm going to meet the person I 
was destined to become. And here I am. I think that's really cool. Yes. That's really cool. I want to live like that. Yes. So powerful. I love the confidence in that, but I can, I can tell you're a very humble person. And I think it's an ever evolving thing, right? It gets not, it's, I, I think the moment I get really certain that oh yeah this is who I am is what I'm doing I I should probably duck (laughs) because it's like because either I've met the person I'm meant to become and my life is over boom done or my ego is going to take me out at my kneecaps basically so it is a practice to stay humble and you know I I, you know it's a fine line so that ever-evolving love and care and attention to more about how I'm being with myself how how am I speaking to myself? How am I treating myself internally? Because that is what changes the external. And that's all I can leave is the remembrance of who I am. Powerful. Yes. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that. That's a very honest answer too. So thank you for that. That's powerful. So Marin, I'm gonna ask you the same question. The uh, If you want, I can repeat the question or if you're familiar with the question, just run with it. But yeah, what are your thoughts? I uh, I have this life mission mantra that I I use for myself as I move through my life, and it's evolved with me. And one piece of it is around service, and the other piece of it is well, there are multiple, but another piece of it is around dancing with life. And I I really feel like we attract the things that we need. We we. Stephanie had said it at one point, like we come in with a a backpack full of goodies, right? And sometimes the backpack gets heavy because we don't acknowledge it. And those are our gifts. And so throughout our life, we our job is to read the book of life and to become aware of the things that spirit is offering us. And spending 25 plus years in the dance industry, I learned that in order to flow well, and we talked about flow earlier, um, it's essential to really get to that place in you where you're in that dance with spirit or dance with life. And so when I'm moving through my day, I become more aware of, am I struggling and pushing or am I dancing? And that's not to say that like one of the things Stephanie said is, you know, like all the the sweet stuff is kind of fun, right? It doesn't mean it needs to be easy all the time. And how do I want to approach a challenge? Is it something that I'm pushing through from my own ego or is it something that I've surrendered to and I can be in flow with and now it's an opportunity for me? So that whole dancing with life and moving gracefully is how I want to leave a room better. That's when I exit. And that's like, can I offer that? Even if it's, oftentimes it's not in words. Like we we communicate so much in, without words. It's obviously we're on a podcast and <laughs> all you can do is hear. And when you walk into a room, there's so much communication that happens non-verbally. And so that's my commitment as I go forward in my life and with my life mission. Yeah, I really value that. And I appreciate that. And yeah, the, uh, I liked when you said it's not always easy because I think sometimes people get stuck on the fact that it's hard, but when you know it's worth it and you know that this is a promise you made to yourself, this is the impact that I will have, 
then yeah, easy is irrelevant. So I'm glad that you highlighted that. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So, okay, Dana, my okay. good friend. Uh, I know yeah. again, we, we talk on this often, which I'm super grateful for that we can really live in this space collectively. So what is your thoughts? And yeah, run with it. Oh God. Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I have to look back on my journey because you know, I get so focused sometimes on the now and, you know, oh, this isn't happening fast enough. That's not happening fast enough. Um, I should be here. I don't know where I'm going. All of this stuff. And I get confused a lot. Um, I have to step back and look at the journey that I've already done. And, you know, like I said a minute ago, Stephanie showed me, you know, because a lot, a big term in the industry is I'm just a truck driver. I'm just a driver. That drives me crazy. Okay. Because you're not just a truck driver. You are a professional driver. You are important. You're valued. I want to make sure that when I walk out of that room, that every person in that room knows that, you know, that they feel it. That's really my, my legacy, I guess, at the end of the day, when I'm not here anymore, I want to make sure that these guys and these gals that are coming into this industry and that are in there know that they, they too are a professional driver. This that's very valued in life and they have their own gifts and strengths too. And let's, let's, let's get that out there. So everybody can see it. Powerful man. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. I used to get really mad at dispatch and then I'd be very stern back when they'd say terms like just, and I'm like, I'm not just yes. a driver. Like, <laughs> do you yeah. even know me as a person? So yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that you value that too. So the, uh, but yeah, this was an awesome conversation of part one. Um, before we end though, um, Dana, since we got you right here, can you give us a recap of where people can visit to learn more about the Mindful Trucker? Yeah, they can uh, visit themindfultrucker.com. Uh, that's our website. Um, most everything is on there. They can link through from that to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, and then what's the other one, uh, <laughs> LinkedIn, uh, pages and follow us and find out all the juicy little things that are going on that we're talking about. Awesome. And if they're interested in the, in the, the partnership that the, uh, soulful leader podcast has with the mindful trucker, they can find us at the mindful Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And Marin or Stephanie or both, if you want to say at the exact same time, we'll link it. But uh, yeah, if you wanted to give a recap again of where people can go to learn more about the Soulful Leader Podcast. Yeah, they can find us at the soulfulleaderpodcast.com. And again, you can link through to our Facebook, our LinkedIn, and our Instagram pages from there and uh, find me and Stephanie personally as well. So we'll look forward to chatting with everybody because I, I've just had such a blast. Thank you so much for having us on, Josh. Yes, thank you so much, Josh. This has been really great to get to know you and all and how we're both moving towards helping people remember who they are and why they're here and the value that they bring. Great, completely. Yeah, cool. thank you so much. Yeah. Sounds appreciate great. it. Thank you, everyone, for coming on with us. And we'll yeah. stay tuned for part two. Absolutely. So yeah, links are in the show notes. And again, just thank you so much for your guys' time. Really value it and appreciate it. So have a good rest of your day. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. Dana, Stephanie, Marin, honestly, thank you so much for joining me on the Truck Focus podcast and for the mission that you're on to really improve not just the carrier's operation, 
but to have an impact on so many professionals' lives operating within our industries. So I really value your collective mission. So I encourage you to learn more about The Mindful Trucker by visiting themindfultrucker.com, as well as I really recommend that you check out the Soulful Leader podcast by also visiting the soulfulleaderpodcast.com. Again, I've included the links directly in the show notes, so that way it's super easy to check them out. Click the link, see what they have to offer, because again, I'm really... I'm really admiring just the impact that they're having in our industry, but I'm also really grateful. So again, thank you so much. And again, Dana, Stephanie, Marin, thank you for hopping on the Truck Focus podcast for part one of our three-part series. It really does mean a lot. So to our listeners, if this is the first time you've ever checked out the Truck Focus podcast, I really welcome you again to our community. And if this is the first time you've ever checked it out, great. If you're a return listener, again, thank you so much for your investment of time. I do ask that you like this episode and share it out. As again, there was so much value shared as well as subscribe to the channel that you're listening on. So that way you're notified of upcoming episodes. As always, let's create a pivotal impact.